Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ring of Honor's time with AEW Dynamite finally at its end. We are here to discuss. I am one third of the Blackpool Content Club because Pete and Luke have both gotten sick. So instead, today I am joined by the lovely Sullivan Bo Brown. Hello. And the even lovelier Laurie Blake. Even lovelier. Look at that. Never been described as such. No, no. Pleasure to be here. Thank you all very much for, for joining me for this very hodgepodge edition of the Blackpool Content Club <laughs> podcast. we got to come up with some new faction name because mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine the three of us have ever done a show together. Nah, the Witness no. Wide Boys. The Witness Wide Boys. It's near I, Blackpool. Yeah. Geographically. It's not as good as Blackpool. It's not as good as Blackpool. Um, and, and they're quite fighty there. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There we go. Uh, I've never quite. been to Witness, but I never no. would. No, I never would. I'll never go back. <laughs> I'm not allowed. Not allowed after. I'm what not you allowed. Did. Not after what I did. <laughs> oh lord! What? What did you do? You don't want to know. Oh, no. we don't want to know. Oh no! What the people do want to know, though, is the state of Ring of Honor, because Ring of Honor has been a tumultuous subject since Tony Khan purchased the company mm. earlier this year. There was a lot of excitement going into the relationship with AEW and Ring of Honor, but since then, it feels like it has sort of stumbled, and we have only had two Ring of Honor pay-per-views mm-hmm. since then: Supercard of Honor, of course, the weekend of WrestleMania, and Death Before Dishonor, with Final Battle coming up this Saturday. Mm. That will be the only Ring of Honor branded show for the remainder of the year. And then looking into 2023, it will be an interesting an interesting look as to what they're planning to do. Tony Khan just this week in the final battle media call said that going forward, there's going to be an, a drastic decrease in Ring of Honor content on AEW Dynamite. Now, what is that exactly going to mean? We don't really know. It seems like the focus will be put back onto the AEW product itself, which has been something that a lot of us have very much been asking for this year. But Sullivan, when you think Ring of Honor in AEW, what is the first thing that comes to your mind right now? Uh, right now, it was a, a, a real missed opportunity, I think. I mean, for me, I, I, I think I think this should have always been too separate shows that have interlinking moments. They should never have been 
uh, almost like on one show at the same time. It was never going to serve Ring of Honor well, never going to serve AEW well. If you separate them, then that makes much more sense to me, much more sense. And then you could have Ring of Honor champions come over and AEW champions come over onto Ring of Honor and things like that and have like special events, maybe even a special pay-per-view. Obviously, you know that you can have access to anyone in Ring of Honor because you own both companies. Um, but I feel like this has been a, a, a real... I was so excited when I heard that Tony Khan had bought Ring of Honor. And this has been a complete missed opportunity right now. And I'm very happy for AEW that no longer is Ring of Honor going to be such a big presence on the show. Um, but I am only happy for Ring of Honor if Ring of Honor actually does get a weekly television show in some way. <laughs> Otherwise, this is this is not good. That, I think, is a very important thing to consider with all of this because mm -hmm. when, when Tony Khan made that announcement, there were a lot of people who were just kind of like, well, that's fun, but what what's the actual announcement? Like you've bought it, mm. but what are we doing with it? And it doesn't seem like there was ever really that much of an idea coming out of that with what the actual plan was going to be. And it seemed like everyone was sort of waiting for that Ring of Honor TV deal to come. And whereas it was just a matter of time with AEW initially, where they were going to land, when the start date was going to be, mm. it still is a total question mark over Ring of Honor as to when they're going to get on TV. Mm. Tony Khan buying something without a plan for it? <laughs> no! <laughs> Tony! What do you mean? More money than sense, that boy. Play with the toys you have. Yeah. I feel like the, the Ring of Honor issue is, is literally that. In a year in which a lot of the AEW talent backstage have had all these issues with how they're booked, the amount of TV time they're getting, cramming a complete other roster in, mm. and then giving them just as much, if not more, TV time than some of your own talent is mental. Because also, I think the other thing with the Ring of Honor is it comes with its own set of championships. You've got this like multi-layered championship thing going on in, in AEW right now where a bunch of belts are being defended all of the time. It's very hard to tell what's important if everyone, if every single person has a belt. <laughs> it's very hard to be like, oh, that's a really good guy. Mm -hmm. These are the ones to watch. Like, There's not really much being... There's not. It leaves very little room, actually, to build anything that's just like a regular feud about something other than a title. Mm. Um, and yeah, Ring of Honor has been, you know, they've had really good matches for Ring of Honor titles, but it's taking up space that really AEW needs to have its actual storylines breathe. Mm, there's, definitely. I think there's so many examples of that that you can look to for this entire year. Like you look at how much time was devoted to like Jay Lethal and Samoa Joe mm -hmm. over the ROH TV title. That was a segment every single week on Dynamite. Mm. And yeah, I want to see Samoa Joe in programs, in storylines, on Dynamite every week. But that was something that just felt like a detraction from the product. Mm, and it yeah. went on for so long because they didn't have that Ring of Honor show to build to until they announced Death Before Dishonor, which was months after S Supercard of Honor. Mm. It was such a... A once the Ring of Honor brand kind of was on Dynamite, it was this presence that you yep. couldn't quite get rid of. <laughs> and it's interesting to me because you say like uh, you had two different rosters that were kind of getting mashed together. But there are only a few instances where I really feel like there are Ring of Honor branded guys. Mm -hmm. But there are so many Ring of Honor branded championships yeah. and therefore Ring of Honor branded rivalries. Mm -hmm. And that to me was where the kind of difference lies because the only Ring of Honor guys that I can really think of were guys like Dalton Castle's only mm -hmm. been on a few times but has done very well for himself. The Gates of Agony are very clearly a Ring of Honor based act. Mm -hmm. But 
Beyond that, there's only a few here and there. Like the kingdoms kind of kind of come in and done a few things, but otherwise hasn't been used that much. And for the most part, the ROH titles have been almost exclusively held by AEW guys. Mm. So it then becomes a question of like, well, what are they going to do with those titles when it goes into 2023, when the shift that Tony Khan is talking about is going to happen? Will those titles be featured? Will they defend those titles? It's just kind of like a reason to get them on TV or will it be more? These are AEW guys and the ring of honor part of their characters aren't going to be mentioned as much. Mm, that'd be really interesting. I mean, if you have that, that kind of separation, that would be very, it'd be very, very strange. It's, but it's difficult obviously because ring of honor is not going to pull in the same kind of viewership as AEW is. And do you have, do you have ring of honor almost become like, Rampage 2, where <laughs> no character development happens on it because nobody's watching, so then nobody watches it, and then even less character development happens on it. <laughs> Do you have it that kind of situation where basically stories just can't progress with anyone who's in, in, in AEW? Do you have to make them entirely separate because ultimately you can't progress a story that is being watched by 100,000 people compared to close to a million You know, on that on that Ring of Honor show? It's it, like, do you treat it? I, this is, and this is personally what I would think is probably the best thing to do. Do you treat it as like a pseudo developmental? Like, do you have it as like uh, a place where you can bring up young guys who are who are learning, plus also have a few experienced guys in there, and and uh, you know you can you can have your own internal storylines in there um, that are untouched by AEW storylines, perhaps. Maybe that's the way that you do it. It's so hard to do though with a brand like Ring of Honor that mm. has so much prestige amongst like really hardcore wrestling fans. If you yeah. suddenly were like, this is developmental. These are like guys that you know we're just kind of trying them out and we're kind of bring them up. It's not going to work that same way because mm. we're talking fully de fully developmental. It's not even going to be like NXT Black and Gold era mm. like with you know, people coming up from the indies to be like, this is just the pipeline to get you onto Raw and SmackDown. Mm. It, like Ring of Honor is going to have people on there that you would view more as like beginning their career. Yeah. You can't suddenly just be like, oh yeah, Samoa Joe's going to Ring of Honor because that feels like a step down for Joe now. Yes. Like, you know, you don't, you, and also you don't want, be, we don't really want Ring of Honor to feel like the B show. Mm. And because they've integrated the brand so much at this moment, now that they stopped doing Ring of Honor stuff, if people just get sent to the Ring of Honor roster, it feels like a demotion yeah. from like regular AEW because at the moment, all the people kind of appearing on Dynamite and Rampage feel like part of the AEW roster with just a bit of Ring of Honor branding around what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, I, I think that it it's going to be really hard to... Mm kind of craft what the Ring of Honor roster is without the you know without using guys like Shane Taylor who've only appeared on Ring of Honor stuff like mm. or Dawn Castle for instance but like yeah I don't know how Tony's gonna that's gonna be an awkward meeting <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna Ring of Honor you're gonna Ring of Honor you're gonna Ring of Honor everyone else step back you're on AEW <laughs> I think that because I agree with both of you mm. honestly and I think that it's a difficult position they have gotten to with them having done the integration of the two rosters mm -hmm. to now try and differentiate one from the other and make one not necessarily feel like the B show, even though it kind of has to because Ring of Honor just as a brand is not as strong as AEW. But mm -hmm. what I might think that I would like to see, and this of course is, is a loose idea because we don't have a weekly show to work with here. Mm -hmm. We only have like, three, maybe four big shows a year at the mm. moment to, to really kind of keep in your mind. Mm. 
But I very often, while watching AEW, have said to myself, watching a match, like, yeah, this is a really fun little match, but because it's on Dynamite or it's on Rampage between two guys and one is presented as a star and the other one is not, you only get maybe six minutes and it's a good time, but that's all it can be. Mm -hmm. But if you put that same match on something like a Warrior Wrestling card or a PWG card or something like that, these guys would be able to go out there and have a 20-minute match and tear the house down. And that is something that you kind of have to do in front of the most hardcore fans because mm. they're the ones that will react to that sort of match. Mm. Something like a Darby Allen versus Anthony Green that we saw from Rampage a few weeks ago or things like that. I think matches like that would be a really good base to put on something like a Ring of Honor show mm -hmm. using people that the hardcore fan base will really attach themselves to, like maybe a Kanosuke Takeshita mm -hmm. or someone like that. Someone that doesn't necessarily have the time for a real AEW storyline at the moment, but can go out there and have incredible 20-minute matches that the hardcore fans will pay a ticket to see. Mm. I think that's what Ring of Honor kind of can be, because that's what Ring of Honor always was when it was the top-level promotion that it was at a certain point. The difficult part was always that you take those really talented people and then that they will then get signed by the bigger companies. <laughs> you know, the Brian Danielsons and the CM Punks and the Samoa Joes don't last around a promotion like that for very long. But it was always kind of the pipeline to get guys like that to a higher level. And there were always people replacing them. But with AEW having such a depth of roster and such a, a revolving door almost of people coming in like an AR Fox, who I think could be a really good addition to like a Ring of Honor roster. Mm. I think that is where you can put the people that are not necessarily going to be used on Dynamite at this point, but you could still keep them hot by keeping them visible and giving them a chance to have great matches a lot more often than you would have otherwise. Mm. Absolutely. You want, I mean, you want people to stay fresh yeah and like ring ready right but like, it's it's that same thing that sullivan was saying is like if nobody's watching that though that what does that actually what purpose does that actually serve for AEW beyond people going out there and having great matches you know they get to build up this this mythical video library that tony khan bought ring of honor for in the first place like <laughs> this is what he really wants it for right like ring of honor they've done the shows and done the kind of stuff on the tv to keep the interest in it because they're going to eventually, hopefully, sell you a streaming service in which you can just watch all of the old Ring of Honor content because mm. they've now got this huge library of video stuff for I'll you. I'll pay for it. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing. is that yeah. People will pay for it. That's great. But kind of all this dance that we're doing with the roster and the belts and, and these shows is really just to keep people's like interest long enough that they can work out how to get a weekly TV show, but mainly how to get a streaming service running for the whole of AEW and everything that Tony Khan owns in under that umbrella and mm. then get people to pay for it because you know it it's I don't think it's realistically being built about like the final battle matches or the death before dishonor matches this year it's mostly about watching old punk matches <laughs> and Brian Danielson matches from from the past I think what do you what do you mm. think is like the best course of action then if this is like if forgetting where we started at and where you might have gone with it had you bought Ring of Honor right off the bat then with where we're at now where you can't necessarily just say like yeah maybe we don't necessarily need the Ring of Honor branding and everything mm. where do we go at this point I so hard. without immediately you should have bought it and launched a TV show the same week those two mm -hmm. th those two things needed to coincide I think so it's so hard to know what to do. <laughs> it's so hard to know what to do with Ring of Honor. And that, this is the bind that they found themselves in because 
I think what they have to do is completely separate the brands at this mm-hmm. point and just be like, Ring of Honor is almost not mentioned on AEW beyond the fact that like, if someone was the Ring of Honor champion, that obviously gets called out on commentary, blah, blah, blah. We build to a Forbidden Door style show mm-hmm. once a year with AEW Ring of Honor talent crossing over. And then hopefully you get the you get fans of AEW going over to Ring of Honor at that point and starting to watch it and pick it up a bit more. But I think there needs to be a complete distinction of the two brands. I don't know how you get that through. <laughs> I don't know how you say that nicely to people who are, you know, part of AEW because it is always going to feel like the B show now because, mm. you know, I just think in your mind, you know, well, Tony owns AEW and AEW gets watched by almost a million people every week. And then this thing's happening and no one's really watching it. It doesn't really have a show and it doesn't really have like these titles are kind of meaningless. They've got like one pay-per-view, three pay-per-views a year. You, it's really hard yeah. to be like, we're going to send you to Ring of Honor. Like at least, at least some people have just been kept back mm-hmm. as Ring of Honor guys. And they, you know, they're going to be like the stars when this does eventually happen. I think they just need to get TV as quickly as possible mm-hmm. now. And completely separate the two companies in that in people's minds and in the way that they do things on their television programs. Do you potentially give them Rampage? Because it's not like AEW is using it. <laughs> I when they launched the Ring of Honor partnership, one of my first thoughts of it was okay, you do AEW Dynamite and you do AEW Honor instead mm. of Rampage, just rebrand it as AEW Honor. Mm. I don't know if you couldn't just look at it, and I don't know how the the TV landscape would look at that. It's mm-hmm. like, well, AEW, even though Rampage is not doing the best viewership that it's ever done, mm. even though you have to take that into account, the AEW branding is still what they paid for when you made yeah. that TV deal. Mm. It's a much more complicated thing, but that would seem to kill two birds with one stone, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, it really would. I mean, like... An hour is 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 a it's it's great. I I much prefer shorter wrestling <laughs> weekly shows than uh, than longer ones. Maybe it's because I watched Raw this week. Who knows? <laughs> You're still watching Raw now, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get through it okay, eventually. I'll get to the end. I'm in the I'm in the first the second half of the of the first hour. Um, <laughs> and oh, um, Sullivan, there's so much left. <laughs> No, no, no. An uh, old man crawls out. <laughs> I finished wrong. I think it was all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I, I you know, an, an hour-long TV show every week that just, you know, and and you can one that actually has storylines that are being continually furthered in a really interesting and and mm. great way. Because Rampage so so often is just what SmackDown used to be mm-hmm. before they, you know, actually started actually thinking maybe we'll make this into a proper show um where it was just it was it was almost like it's like main event and mm. and wwe heat just uh, some wrestling yeah, yeah just some wrestling AEW, just some wrestling yes exactly and that's what rampage has become which I, i'm shocked at because i didn't think that they would do that they have dark and dark elevation which feels like that is kind of fulfilling that role already has um, anyone been elevated from dark elevation do we know not a clue no i don't think so i mean you can look at the people of i don't know if it's elevation necessarily but you've got the people who are like the acclaimed who started on mm. dark and, and things like that yep but those cases are fairly far between like yeah. you get the people like uh like willow nightingale was on dark yeah, yeah. before being on tv so it does happen it's a test bed, but really, yeah for people to be like oh do you kind of chime with with actually just a video it's, 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 it's an interesting kind of it's almost like a yeah 
like fully a video test of just being like, we're just going to film this match and see what it looks like on telly and then be like, that was a good match. That will look good on Dynamite. (laughs) No, because we've given it the full production. Yeah. That's fine. (laughs) But yeah, if you gave, if you gave, Ring of Honor Rampage. Either have Ring of Honor Rampage be the name or AW Honor. I I like either. I like either. Um, But um, like either way, I think that would be absolutely uh, an easy solution out of this. The only thing is, is would Warner Brothers Discovery be wanting that? Well, yeah, because it's like we said, it's the AEW branding, but it's Mm -hmm. also in the same way that, you know, like WWE's Fox deal hinges very much on who's appearing on what brand and they that's why mm-hmm. like the universal champion will appear across multiple things in, mm-hmm. especially in that first era of going on uh, smackdown becoming on fox like if you suddenly rebrand it and you have dis- and you have made two distinct rosters you are cutting off friday nights mm-hmm. from kenny from the bucks mm-hmm. from hangman page like all of these characters who you know that's but that's really kind of the world that Discovery would have paid for. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's complicated. I don't think there is like a set right answer to how you fix this solution. Mm. Again, just trying to think of like various bits because we, we talked about like the developmental idea mm. or comparing it to an NXT. I think the big thing to keep in mind there was NXT was always a money loser. Mm. Yeah. Because I think that model would be very good, where you can just have this show, you film it in a small location, maybe like how they were filming Dark episodes last year at at, uh, Universal Studios Mm -hmm. or whatnot, and just have it filmed in front of a small audience that are going to be really into everything Mm -hmm. and give them a lot of very good matches. And those type of good matches that will will make the rounds on Twitter, get more people to, to check them out, because it is... Takeshita and and Lee Moriarty having a 25-minute match that, like, blows everyone's mind for that week. Mm-hmm. Like, that type of performance that I think can keep people really hot. Mm. But that isn't, like, a smart business move because mm. it would be a money-losing brand the same way that NXT always was a, mo- a money-losing brand. Mm. So... And he spent a pretty hefty sum buying it in the first place. Yep, yeah, he did. It's nuts to have bought it for so much and then, yeah not really have used it this year beyond just sort of fluffing another program. <laughs> yeah. How much did he buy it for? Oh, it, it millions was, and millions. It of. was like over 20 million. It was Ooh, like some, some reports wow. went up to 40. I yeah, think, it was like 20 to not, 40. Never, they've never said what the actual That's a cost huge was. Amount of yeah, money. It's, a huge it's like amount. 10 times as much as Vince paid for WCW. <laughs> but That's insane. But there is a big video library. Remember, there is. Remember the video library. Yeah. Remember the videos, guys. And, and WCW didn't have one of them. No, of no, course not. Yeah, not, yeah. not at all. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> to be fair, video streaming and everything is much more important now than it yes. was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. But still, it's mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is mad. And also, Tony Khan is so unbelievably wealthy. I'm sure 20 to 40 million doesn't really matter to oh, it's it. a drop in notion. Yeah, yeah. But it's still quite a mad decision. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah. It feels like it's one of those ones that was like... You know, not to put it in terms of Elon Musk buying Twitter, but it's one of those ones that was just, <laughs> I just want to do this. Yes. It's a new yes. toy. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's like sometimes with the way that AEW is being run, it really feels like it's the fan buying it mm-hmm. in Tony and not the businessman in Tony doing it, if you yeah. know what I mean. And mm-hmm. I feel like Ring of Honor really felt like that. It was something that you could see the sort of palpable excitement in his face getting to announce it to everyone, mm-hmm. being like, Billy Big Balls, I bought Ring of Honor. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, Tony. And he's like, yeah, me. What are you going to do with it, Tony? 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet PlushCare, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. But that's the other thing as well. It's like, what do you do? Like, the other thing they should definitely do with Ring of Honor, whatever happens in terms of like, Let's you know. Let's presume that they will have some kind of TV. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever you do with them, take the booking. Tony should give the booking to someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like even could have Vin- kept, kept Cody Rhodes. Yep, hundred <laughs> percent done that. Been like, you can book that. There yep. you go. That's book, for you. Book it all you like because nobody's watching. Uh, but it'll be fine. Like you know, that's that's fine. You can do that, and then he'll learn to become a better. A booker, and then actually it'll be better for in general when he, you know, maybe wants to help out more with creative on the on the main roster. But you know, you know, that's he's now gone now. Um, but yeah, I, like somebody else should be taking over the booking of Ring of Honor in general. Tony's got too much on his plate. He runs like he runs an American football team. He he is the director of football at Fulham Football Club. Which, football, football, uh, <laughs> football. Um, I cannot explain how in-depth and complicated that job is in a football club. Like, basically, they run the day-to-day things of everything around that club. 
much more than a manager would even. Mm. Um, it's a ridiculous thing that he's the director of football for Fulham and also running a wrestling promotion and really running two wrestling promotions. If somebody else books that, I think it'd be way, way better. I mean, even Vince McMahon, I, I, I don't know, I presume that he didn't have actually really much, much of a say at all on NXT stuff. I don't really know. It's very hard to know. Yeah, he didn't care about it. He didn't really care so about he it. Really so had, Triple H I think he siloed it. it off in his mind of like, ah, I don't deal with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all <laughs> That's tri- your stupid toy. No one cares. Because <laughs> it was all Triple H, really, wasn't yes, it? It was, yeah. like, you know, he was, he was booking that. Even Vince McMahon, who was a power mad maniac, thought, okay, oh, I will give up the booking for that. So yeah. Tony needs to do this. His too. one delegation yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I bet he regretted it. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as he let it go, he was like, oh. Right, oh, but he's not doing it the way I would do it. <laughs> Let's change all this. Carrying cross, people like it. <laughs> like, I wouldn't be able to do like one of the three jobs that Tony Khan does, mm-hmm. and and also sleep. Yeah, I don't know how he does three of them. No, I know. But yeah, I mean, I cocaine. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I think you have made a very good point there. Yeah. I don't know at this point who you could mm. make that delineation delegation mm. to. I mean, I don't think Delirious is doing anything at the moment. He was the former Ring of Honor booker, and sure, maybe Ring of Honor was engaging the most interest underneath his booking by the end, but mm-hmm. it's someone who knows the job and can yeah. kind of do things with direction from somebody. But I think Tony Khan absolutely must delegate that area of his booking mm. to somebody else mm. because... We saw it this year. We saw that the booking did suffer. And part of that is obviously due to a lot of things that AEW had going against it, whether Mm -hmm. that be personnel leaving or getting injured or biting, (laughs) biting people or saving dogs or whatever the story was. (laughs) There was a lot of things playing against Tony Khan, but having to manage like twice as many championships Mm -hmm. at once we saw how long it took them to introduce the AEW championships mm. over the last three, four years. It was you started off with one, the AEW world title, and then you start adding in, well, we're going to get the women's title next on Dynamite, then the tag titles, and that was it for a while. Mm-hmm. And then you added in the fourth one of the TNT championship, and then that was it. Mm-hmm. That was it for a long, long, long time. And then you think, okay, we get another women's belt that's five and then you leave it at five and then not only did he add in twice as many titles as that with the ring of honor championships Mm -hmm. but they then said all right all atlantic title and the 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 trios titles (laughs) and there's an ftw belt Uh, that sometimes matters and sometimes doesn't (laughs) and this isn't going to be the ollie davis rant about belts but it just goes to show that all of a sudden it was very well managed how many plates were spinning mm. on AEW programming. And then all at once, and some of it coincided with the, the Ring of Honor purchase and some of it didn't, but all of a sudden they went from like five plates spinning to like 15 yeah, plates yeah. spinning all at once. And you just got to take some of that and give that responsibility to somebody else. Well, yeah. I think the thing with Belt, that's the pro- like to pick up the Ollie Davis rant here, the thing with Belt <laughs> is that they, they say this is important. Like they are literally a physical symbol of you are the champion. You should be important. And as soon as there is that, there is the weight of expectation for you to feature that on your programming to tell us why it is important. If you have just less belts, you don't have as much pressure to do that because you can just go, we've got four championships. We've got tags. 
we've got a world champion, we've got a mid card, and we've got a women's championship. And we can just work on making those four things feel incredibly important every time they're trotted out, which means they don't have to be in every match. They don't have to be involved in every single thing. But now they're at a stage where you might as well have every single thing that happens <laughs> on AEW programming have a belt. Because do you know what? You've got a belt for it. Like, <laughs> six people in a ring, got belts for that. Get them in there. Like, you know, I don't, it, and like, you know, that is obviously championships are the driving force of most wrestling storylines. Mm. But I think just giving yourself the breathing room of having less belts overall just gives you much more room to feature different talent in different places because it you know if if you are consigning yourself to the top cut of your roster every time you're doing something to make something feel important you you do miss out on a lot of other people being involved and with ring of honor i guess what they could do if they're going to splinter off now into like their own thing is kind of replicate the success of AEW when it first started up like use jericho mm. to bring in that you know that crowd of like hardcore WWE sports entertainment fans who've got this kind of legacy attachment to people like that and then you know bring in then put a few choice people in from the AEW roster who you know maybe don't have as much to do right now put Joe in there put in a few other people like Jay Lethal and all that stuff and then you've got this kind of roster that appeals across a broad swathe of the wrestling fandom of like really hardcore wrestling guys uh, and people who are more into the WWE sports entertainment thing, people who've got like a kind of nostalgia attachment to certain people. Like there is a lot of room within his roster to create a really interesting Ring of Honor main roster, essentially. Mm. And if you can pitch that and make a show that feels as big as Dynamite, um, that but is his own separate thing, you could almost replicate the success again because I think people would still be clamoring for another dynamite level show mm. however if you just make a ramp another rampage then maybe <laughs> you're just gonna get diminishing returns mm. i think it's interesting and i think uh one of the terms that we've uh maybe not even uh intentionally skirting around but is the the term brand split mm. you know mm. where you look at the wwe model where they sometimes have committed to a brand split sometimes haven't but what i think aew could potentially do here is use the split of dynamite slash aew and ring of honor as a way to kind of give certain talent that are aew contracted talent it's not time off but mm. give them a reason to be off dynamite for a certain amount of time, mm. but still fresh. Mm. Where you can take somebody where, because again, they've got a very deep roster at this point, and very often it just feels like too many people are left off TV for too long that you could still have them be on TV, but not need them to be featured on Dynamite without a good reason to be. A good storyline, or they're going to be featured. And I'm not saying put them like six months on, six months off, anything mm -hmm. like that. But you get certain people where you just don't have anything for them right now. You can then look at a different roster. And instead of being like, well, they don't really match up with any of the ideas we've got going on in AEW right now. Maybe they match up better with something in Ring of Honor. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can just take Miro for three months and put them on Ring of Honor. Yep. Or maybe you can put a, a Kanosuke Takeshita. I keep bringing that name up because he's awesome. You can <laughs> put him for three months and put him on Ring of Honor until, he, until his spot opens up. And do that the same way with half of the women's roster half yep. the time, you know? Mm. Like, 
put Athena, instead of doing her heel turn and everything on Dark, do it on a Ring of Honor show. Mm -hmm. And do that with various different people that just aren't featured enough because there isn't enough time. If instead of everybody fighting for that, that time and feeling like there is only 10 spots for 25 people, if you limit that down to 10 spots for 15 people and give the other 10 over to the other spot, mm -hmm. then you can kind of rotate people through Dynamite a little bit more with those 15 people fighting for the 10 spots. Have them on some weeks, have them off other weeks, because again, you keep the show feeling fresh, while giving those other 10 people, that other portion of your roster, something completely separate to do, so they don't feel like they're cannibalizing themselves, mm. everybody fighting for the same amount of time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, this is what this is why the brand split happened in WWE is because they ultimately ended up with two rosters at the same time. Mm -hmm. And AEW, I mean, even without the purchase of Ring of Honor, pretty much had two rosters worth <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, and now, and now, as you, it actually, it, it as as you said as well, Laurie, it, to sort of somewhat to bring it back to the belts as well, because you have to feature all these belts all the time. It means you're seeing the same people over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. If you keep it fresh like that, it's so much better. And I think. I, I totally agree. Miro is a perfect example. He is someone who there was a report, I think, I think it was today even it was saying mm. that, yeah, he's not actually injured. He's just creative have nothing for him. She's mad. mad. Imagine going to AEW and hearing that and you'd be like, no, it's happening again. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> they said it couldn't happen here. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, you know, that it's insane that they got nothing for Miro. Well, yeah. do something with him because he will, he will be able to, even if you're like, you know, because he will come up with something. He's a very, very creative man. Mm -hmm. And like, if, if he wants to try something out a bit crazy, stick him on Ring of Honor, as you say, for a few months. And if it really works then great brilliant you can bring that that same gimmick up to up to the main roster and, and try it out there uh, and if it doesn't then it's fine it's just it's, you know it's, it's happened on a, on a different uh, you know it hasn't quite worked that's fine um, I think it's mad that they can't sign anything for Miro and Ring of Honor would be a perfect place for him I would, I would love to see him just coming in out of absolutely nowhere and just bulldozing the whole roster of you know, the Ring of Honor roster or whatever. Yeah. Be amazing. So cool. I think it gives you so many more storyline opportunities too because you look at someone like Miro who's not going to be able to lose very often mm. and because he's not necessarily going to go in and beat like the Kenny Omegas and and the Chris Jericho's and the top, top guys of AEW. But he should. He should. <laughs> yeah. I would have him as a world champion at some mm -hmm. point. 100%. But like, because he can't do that with the way the hierarchy of the roster kind of works mm. right now, that almost leaves him without a place on the roster mm. because he can only go so high without beating these people, but he's better than these people. So who can he wrestle who will kind of be on a similar level that he can be? Whatever. If you put him in Ring of Honor, he can be a Ring of Honor world champion. Mm -hmm. You can have yeah. him just run through everybody and be a dominant world champion, but do it there. You don't have to mess with the plans that you have in place yeah. in AEW. Because, again, look at the plans in AEW right now, where it's like MJF's probably not going to lose this title for a very long time. Mm -hmm. That then limits the amount that you can do with a world title face of your program type story. But if you have another program that you can use other underutilized guys to work with, that then opens up so many more possibilities for them to work with. Mm -hmm. And also, I guess, also, if you are changing those championships around as much as they have changed some of the Ring of Honor ones around this year, it feels like that's important. I think the problem with the Ring of Honor title this, this year is that they've not felt important on AEW programming. Mm -hmm. they, they just, you're like, well, this is... This is just imaginary. This isn't the, this isn't the world title of this show. So, yeah. like, 
who cares <laughs> that you, you've won that? No, I don't. Yep. <laughs> I don't care that you've won that. Uh, you know. You're, uh, yeah, you're absolutely you, right. Also, they're just, you know, and, and, and this is the thing. It's all just positioning as well. It's like they're moving the belts around to make the most attractive card for a pay-per-view that's so rarely, ha that's you know, they don't have like regular pay-per-views for Ring of Honor. They've only had limited ones this year. So they're just moving the belts around in time for the show. So it goes on a poster. So people buy tickets to that show. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, yeah, there you go, that show. And then it goes immediately back to the status quo of like, that's not important again. Mm -hmm. We'll just ping it around to get a pop on the show. And then we'll give it to this guy. And then now, now we'll put it on the poster again. Like it just, they just don't feel like, you know, AEW actually really cares about them. Yeah, like mm. the, the Ring of Honor pay-per-views are happening with the same sort of frequency as an NXT takeover, mm. but you don't have that weekly show to supplement that, mm. to build the stories that are ROH-specific for yeah. the big pay-per-views that give people a reason to buy them. Mm -hmm. It is just kind of like, well, what can we do to make a, a card that people will probably pay for? And that's why we've had... Briscoe's and FTR three times, mm -hmm. which I don't think is a bad idea no. necessarily, but there aren't exactly other options either for a big tag match on these pay-per-views. Same thing with like, well, they put it on Jericho and Jericho is one of the better choices, I suppose, at yep. the moment to, to be a Ring of Honor world champion, same way where he can be the eight-time world champion and everything, but not with the AEW belt and then have him be a driving force to sell the pay-per-view. Yep. But again, it needs that weekly show in order to drive those storylines. So yeah. it's not just things kind of shuffling around on AEW TV in the meantime. But mm. it feels what Ring of Honor feels like is any random regional wrestling show yeah. where you see the poster and you're like, oh, it's Mark Haskins versus this person for this belt. I mm. didn't know they had a belt. And then you're just like, okay, well, we'll just go. You watch it because you're just like, oh, I like those couple of people doing a thing. I have no idea what the storylines are because. Yep. I'm very rarely in Hull, so like, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, that's kind of that's kind of what it feels like to me. It's just mm. like you it, you've just dipped into a random show because you've seen that someone yeah. that is there that you like, and yeah. you're really only watching it because of the names on it and not because of the storylines. You're mm -hmm. not invested in the product itself, mm -hmm. mostly because there is no actual product here. This is this is like the ghost in the AEW machine. This yes. is a story within, this is like they're, they're sort of sneaking their storyline onto our telly screens by being like, oh yeah, we'll do this Ring of Honor thing. But it's like, you know, it's not real, it's not important. You're just, you're just <laughs> glomming on like a little parasite. <laughs> it feels a little bit like NXT UK to NXT yeah. in a sense as well. Like well, you know, when, when, when those, when those, when those champions would come onto NXT, you'd be excited because you'd be like, oh wow, Walter's here. But you wouldn't be excited because the NXT UK champion is here. You know, it, like it might have given, you know, it was a particularly well-designed belt, I will say. But um, which the Ring of Honor ones are not as much. But um, sorry, Ring of Honor belt fans. They're not nice. Um, <laughs> they need a redesign. Um, but the, um, uh, like, you know, he, he you know, it, it would look impressive that he was a belt. But he didn't care about that belt. And in the same way that I, I don't. I don't know if I really care about the NXT, you know, the, the Ring of Honor Pure Championship, or the or or the tag belts, or or the World Championship, even. Well, look at look at how little the crossover was though with NXT and the yeah. NXT UK belt. The NXT UK Championship was pretty much the only one that made the transition, mm. and like you got a few instances where the Women's Championship also came across, but you never really got the tag belts. Mm all that much like when Mustache Mountain were involved in it a little bit more because they were kind of a known quantity but 
it was really with the NXT UK title about prestige of two or three people mm -hmm. as well. Like the Ring of Honor stuff has been whipped around so much yeah. that it feels like it's kind of hard to keep track of the prestige of the title. Whereas I think with NXT, NXT did an amazing job of just being like Walter was the champion for ages. Mm -hmm. And before that, Pete Dunne was the champion for ages. So when mm. they turned up, they made the belt feel important mm. because they had such tenure as the champions. Whereas the Ring of Honor stuff, it's just being like, this is just something for Jericho to do for a bit. Mm -hmm. And Jericho could bring tenure to that belt if he holds it for ages. Um, but I think at, at the way it's been presented at the moment, it's they the belts don't feel important. They just feel like a bit of garnish to somebody else's story. Mm, mm. I think he's going to lose the belt tomorrow. <laughs> 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 that or Claudio's going to have to wear a hat. I'm not quite sure. But I think <laughs> we will have to wrap up this conversation pretty mm -hmm. soon. Mm -hmm. So, Sullivan, what are kind of your closing thoughts on the state of Ring of Honor? Or what would you like from Ring of Honor in 2023? For me, I think uh, its own show, whether that be Rampage, because they ain't doing nothing with it, uh, or its own show in on a smaller network, work i would like more separation between the brands i'd like it to be a big special thing when they come together for a big wrestling cuddle i genuinely think what they need to do is now they're taking ring of honor off of aw programming take it off completely leave it six months take off the people that you're going to put into the ring of honor roster and leave them off for six months mm -hmm. and then launch the whole thing again as if it's brand new yeah and it has no ties to aw whatsoever that's what i would do mm-hmm and then you then you reintegrate that six months down the line for a joint pay-per-view. Yeah. I, I really like the joint pay-per-view mm -hmm. thing. And I think that is where, you know, I think the, the Survivor Series model that WWE mm. went with never quite worked because those brands had so much crossover there by the mm -hmm. end, whereas the first the first year where it did work because the brands were very much separate and they mm -hmm. were still distinct and established that these guys are on Raw, these guys are on SmackDown. If you do have a sizable amount of time here to really establish these are the AEW guys and these are the Ring of Honor guys, again, it's difficult because you'd think you'd want the, the ROH guys to be people like a Brian Danielson, but you're not going to take him off of Dynamite because mm -hmm. he's one of the best things about AEW and things like that. you got to work with it a little bit. But I think if you clearly define both sides of that coin and then build it up and have those storylines be separate and only have the crossover happen once a year, I think that is a fantastic little idea. Mm -hmm. And whether they can figure out a way to make Ring of Honor make money, I do not know. I do not envy them for it <laughs> because that sounds like a very difficult task. Mm -hmm. But let us know what you think ROH should be under the AEW umbrella. What should Tony Khan do with that property? What would you book in 2023? And what have you thought of ROH in 2022? Let us know all of that down in the comments below. And until next time, I have been one third of the Blackpool Content Club. Thank you very much for joining me, Sullivan Bo Brown. Thank you. And thank you very much for joining me, Laurie Blake. Thank you. Until next time, jam that jam. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.